Hello and welcome to You Really Shouldn't Have, the final episode of 2020, and what a year it's been. My guest this episode is Australian media personality Ben Sorensen. He drops by to discuss his career so far, and of course to unwrap the story on the worst gift he's ever been given. So Ben, thanks so much for joining the show. Really great to have you here. It is an absolute pleasure and uh, totally worth waking up for as well. In Australia, a little bit earlier, <laughs> the early bird gets the worm, but the early worm gets eaten. So, yeah, think about that. Well, you are actually the first guest I've ever had from Australia. So there you go. You are the first Australian guest to ever appear on the podcast. You know, I really like the fact that uh, I'm, uh, you know, taking that honour uh, for my people uh, all 25 million of them. So hopefully I'm the first of many um, because I, I know there's a heap of people that really enjoy your podcast down here in Australia. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. So if we go right back to the beginning, Ben, in terms of working in the entertainment and media industry, was that always an ambition from an early age? Media definitely was a big part of my world. And um, it was originally uh, due to my autism that media became an, an option for me. And, um, when I worked out that I had deficits in the the world of communication, uh, and interpersonal communication, I went about making that my special area of interest. Uh, so I could learn more to, in my head, come up to the same level as everybody else so that I could have, you know, friends and I could talk to people and I could socialize properly. Um, and from there, well, what industries enable you to be totally focused on communication? Well, that's media and the arts. So, you know, I did some time doing kids TV with channel nine, which is a privately owned network here. I did some time in publishing. I did some, as in writing articles and, and whatnot. I did some time doing breakfast radio and all sorts of different things. So, you know, having those communication skills, and working so hard on them to bring them up to speed has really been um, a, a bit of a blessing for me moving into uh, media and whatnot. So yeah, it's always been something that's been been floating around and, and I actually kind of like the opportunity to play with words and language. You mentioned your autism there and I was going to bring it up because I was doing some reading and I saw you got your formal diagnosis quite later on in life. Uh, was that something you pursued yourself? Yeah. Well, I grew up in a country town in Queensland, a little town called Daybrook. And, you know, we, we didn't, I mean, we had access to, to, you know, medicine, doctors and everything like that. But it kind of, uh, when I was growing up, all of that sort of stuff, it, it wasn't really a thing like um, autism. If you are high-functioning autism, which is a terrible term, but um, if you are high-functioning autism sort of limping along in life, uh you know, it wasn't worth it. But if you had a, a massive earth shatteringly big and obvious problem, you know, you know, the country system would kind of help with that. But it, it wasn't really a thing. I've always known that I've been a bit different and there's been challenges. Thankfully, I'm, I'm a little bit smarter than the average bear. So I was able to find workarounds and research on my own to try and find a way because I, I worked out very early that um, this is how my head operates. So, and you know, I've got to find a way to connect with everyone outside of my head. Otherwise, uh, the next, you know, 60 years is going to be a bit rough. 
going back to your work within the entertainment industry, when was your sort of first eureka moment, if you like, where you thought, okay, this is something that I could probably pursue? Well, I actually, um, embarrassingly enough, I actually started doing theatre. So when I when I was young, I remember uh, being the youngest person in uh, like a whole heap of these uh, dinner theatre groups that in the old days used to go around. So you'd uh, we'd have you know fourteen or fifteen shows, and um, they'd convert a hall and bring in caterers, and then we'd do this variety show, and you know it was it was great fun. It was so much fun. Um, so I started actually, you know, um, singing and doing theater and stuff like that. And, uh, I, I didn't think I was particularly very good at the singing side of things, but, um, you know, it was so much fun and a wonderful way to kickstart things. And I went, Oh, this is great. I mean, music is such a, uh, whether you think you're good at it or not, music is such a wonderful healing tool and such a wonderful connective tool between people and a great way to share experiences and create memories and so many other wonderful things that music provides us with. Um, and I think it was then that I sort of worked out, yeah, I want to, um, I want to do more of this. Um, but I then realized that uh, the pay for, musicians is really bad unless you're very, very good at it. Absolutely. You know, hours and hours and hours of rehearsal, lots of effort, lots of work. Um, I absolutely admire all of my musician friends and musicians generally uh, because there's so much work and passion that goes into it that you can't charge for. (laughs) (laughs) So um, then when I worked out, uh, puberty hit, and uh, my my voice dropped, and I worked out that you get paid the same amount, if not more, um, by just being a, a, a witty smartass. And there was zero rehearsal time in that. <laughs> uh, and that and that's where kind of voiceovers came in and doing the radio stuff. I mean, there's still a lot of prep work in radio, but uh, nowhere near as much as being a, a musician. And I thought I was better at that than I was at the music, even with all the work. All right, then, Ben, what is the worst gift you've ever been given? Oh, my. (laughs) Uh, I think everyone else would say my sense of humor. Uh, do you know what? I actually, I actually um, uh, spent a lot of time last night thinking about the worst gift uh, that I've been given. Thankfully, I'm on antidepressants, so it's fine. Um, I, do you know what? The, the, the funniest story is, is um, where, again, country town is where we grew up. So we've got a, a relatively small family. And we used to all get together around the table uh, for Christmas and we, we have Christmas lunch together or, or, you know, meal or something like that. And I remember, uh, I think it was my auntie that bought my mum a, a little chicken ornament thing. So it was a chicken, a tin chicken of some sort. And mum went, Oh my God, that's so amazing. And overcompensated and went, Oh, I love it. The chicken. That's amazing. It's so great. How did you know? And then everyone at the table has just clocked it and gone, hmm, she likes chickens. So, <laughs> so now my mum 
Everybody buys a chicken stuff. <laughs> All through the house, there's chicken stuff everywhere. Does she love it as much as everyone thinks? Not no. even close. So, <laughs> so she's tried so hard to be polite and go, oh, that was wonderful. And everyone's gone, right, onto it. She likes chickens. <laughs> so now she's got all this chicken rubbish through the house. <laughs> she doesn't have the heart. She doesn't have the heart to tell everyone that chickens aren't a thing for it because now it's now she's too she's in too deep. She's too far gone. You can't yeah. turn around. <laughs> too far gone. Because everybody's bought a something chicken related. So she would be offending everybody by saying she doesn't like chickens. So yeah. And needless to say, yes, I know this, and I still buy her chicken stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um and then the the other thing i think i've actually been uh the uh perpetuator of bad gifts um and uh, part of that is i had a i was buying uh some t-shirts for a friend's a friend's birthday and they were quite particular t-shirts uh, because they came from uh china um so I've, I've so I've ordered the I've ordered these t-shirts from um, one of one of the suppliers over there, and I paid money. All good, all good. And then I've waited and I've waited and I've waited and I've waited, and it's like six months, and they've gone. Uh, what about those uh, those t-shirts? Oh, haven't you got them yet? No. So they actually sent me a message that I missed, saying that they didn't have it, so they refunded me. So then on top of that, I found that at the time and I've reordered them and they've come another three months later. So ultimately, the gift that I tried to give someone was about 12 months late. So early for the next birthday, not for this one. I know you've also hosted a lot of big events over there in, in Australia. I wondered, do you ever feel any pressure when you're about to go out on stage in front of such a big group of people? Do you know what? Sometimes I do feel a little bit of pressure, particularly if I have guzzled a fizzy drink to start with. <laughs> it's that pressure in your stomach. Uh, but other other than that, no. And I think part of that is the, um, is the autism. Um, whether I'm talking for five people or... 20,000 people or 100,000 people, um, in my head, it's not particularly much different. Um, it's just I go out there and I just do my thing. Uh, and I think that's that's kind of a healthy way to look at it. Um, I think when I, when I work with an audience, it's more uh, that I'm looking to entertain myself and they're welcome to come along for the ride. Uh, and, you know, I, th- I think that that provides less pressure and less stress for me, which I really like. Thankfully, other people tend to enjoy it as well. So that's probably a good thing, too. Absolutely. If you look back at everything you've done so far, what would you pick out as your sort of biggest career highlight to date? There's a few highlights over the time. Uh, in, in Australia, um, there was a, a this is years and years and years ago, and it's really showing my age. We used to have... Uh, back in the dark ages, you used to text for your uh, ringtones on your phone. Oh, yeah, I remember that. So, yeah, so there was a big thing a little while back uh, with the, the crazy frog, um, the cr- crazy frog ringtone. And um, I, I, I did the voice for the ad that came with that to Australia. It was a company called Jamster. 
or um, Ringtone King at the time. And uh, I did thousands and thousands of voiceovers for them because I had a bazillion numbers in every different market. But anyway, that was, that was, that was one, one great one highlight that I remember, but more, more recently uh, I've been amazingly blessed uh, to work with a company called uh, Supernova and basically Supernova do a whole heap of pop culture comic cons um, in Australia and there's there's six-ish of them that they do all around Australia and they fly out superstars from all over the world and you get to, you know, have your, you know, see them talk and that's where uh, I come in as part of the team of hosts and, you know, you get to see them do panels and they'll sign your stuff and, you know, you get photos with them and stuff like that. So it's been uh, actually really, really wonderful to meet very, very successful people in all walks of the entertainment industry through that experience. And it's been uh, such a wonderful blessing to do that. Um, I mean, there was, uh, we've had all sorts of great people out on tour. There was um, John Travolta that came out. Oh, wow. was Yeah. And um, Christopher, Christopher Lloyd was also just a wonderful opportunity to chat to him. And, you know, it, there's just been so many great people that have come out and it, I've been very, very blessed to, to work with them. And it's, they're such a, a, a fun and wonderful team to work with. So it's uh, very much a joy. They're the events, aren't they, where people come dressed up as well in, in cosplay? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> How amazing. And, you know, rookie mistake, every, everyone goes on the first thing, oh, look, you've dressed up nice. I haven't dressed up. It's cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, there's been some um, um, amazing, amazing cosplays that I've seen. And there's there's actually people out there that make a living from that. So there's um, uh, 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 one guy who's a, a, a really, really smart, amazing personal trainer. Uh, that dresses up as, um, uh, sorry, does uh, Thor cosplay. And he's just such a great guy and helps um, so many people on their fitness journey. And he's uh, Thor of Oz. And he's very well known for being uh, the cosplay Thor. Uh, and he's very good at it. It's a wonderful costume. There's also, um, uh, you know, people that make uh, for, for money. This is their job. They make cosplays for people. And uh, it's it's a really big thing. And when you look at 5,000 people or 10,000 people, 15,000 people that come through the different Supernova shows or, or, or PAX or Comic-Con or any of the others, when you look at a sea of people and you can see everyone's dressed up in their own way to represent, you know, a character that they love in film, it's just really wonderful to see them all there. And um, there's little classes that you can take at these cons to help you cosplay better or to learn tips and tricks. And it's really such a gorgeous hobby. And you can see how they love it. You can see how they adore it. And they have gatherings as well. So um, you'll see in the program, you'll say, okay, well, all of the spider, if you're dressed as Spider-Man, you want to meet by, you know, uh, the the water cooler to the left of Hall Four, and then at you know ten o'clock. So you go there at ten o'clock, and you'll see like a hundred Spider Men, <laughs> and you'll see all of these, all of these the, the range of people who have 
you know, spend thousands of dollars on a lycra suit that's hand painted by someone on the side of a mountain somewhere. Um, and all the way down to, you know, the kid that's got shaving cream <laughs> bolted to his forearm so that when his hands go back there, the spray comes out, you know? <laughs> I think the biggest thing out, out of all of this, and it's not so much just cosplay, but it's just more so the that uh, the fan-based realm, is that when you go to these events, it doesn't matter if you are the best dressed. It doesn't matter if you've just got a Spider-Man T-shirt on. I'm using Spider-Man as an example. There's plenty of others. It doesn't matter if you have, you know, autism or you're a social, a bit of a social misfit or, you know, you don't fit into the normal world or whatever. It's just such an inclusive space where everybody just goes, do you know what? We just really enjoy pop culture. And when I'm alone or I'm having a rough time or I'm challenged by something out there, uh, my, my safe space is to watch movies. And these are the type of movies that I enjoy. And there's that connection and camaraderie in that. And no matter what's happening in your world, there's a whole group of accepting people that may have, you know, green paint all over their body and, <laughs> or may have, you know, huge prosthetics all over them to look like, you know, something from one of the movies. But every single person there will just go, huh, cool. That's you. All right. Move on. In that moment, that's just one of the most magical things in our society. If we could take that outside of the cons and just go, okay, cool. That's who you are. That's what you like. And that's that's your world. Great. Okay, what's next? It's just that, that unconditional acceptance. It leads me on quite um, nicely to my next question, Ben, because I wanted to touch on your work with uh, Friend in Me, which I know is an organisation that you work closely with. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, uh, again, blessed to be on the board of uh, Friend in Me. And that's a, uh, a, not, a, a not-for-profit organisation that specialise or that focuses on uh, social inclusion. And they've been doing that previously uh, with Louise Larkin, who is the founder, uh, with some really amazing events and they're not pop culture comic-con events they're just inclusive fun events for kids so we've learned that uh, inclusion and social skills are, are learned so we learn who to exclude and we learn who to include so if we can create some safe events we can provide kids with uh, opportunities to learn those skills, to practice those skills, and uh, to also meet other kids and people in their community. Same, same with parents. Parents can mingle and talk at these events too. They're very, very inclusive. And we're also working on uh, outreach programs as well. So if you go to friendinme.org.au, there's a wonderful array of uh, webinars and information for parents on you know different topics surrounding uh, disability and inclusion and uh, all sorts of those all, all of those sort of values, um, so that they can 
feel more supported and get more information. There's also a directory page there as well to um, uh, refer people to other organizations that may have uh, specialist areas that are, that are useful as well. So it's about sharing information. But the concept behind it is when we talk about inclusion, we teach disabled kids to how to fit in with everyone else. But we don't teach everyone else how to accept people who are different to them. So that's that's kind of loosely the premise behind it. And I think that our world would be a much better place and also a lot uh, with a lot less stress if we um, just kindly accepted people for who they are. Absolutely. Whether we, whether, whether we inherently uh, pass judgment on that and agree with it or not, which is a whole nother issue because we shouldn't be doing that. It's just a case of going, well, that's, that's who you are. And being authentic is just one of the most wonderful gifts uh, that you can give the rest of the world is being authentically who you are. Ben, wrapping up, if you had to go right back to the beginning of your journey and buy yourself a gift to help to get where you are now, what gift would you give yourself? Ah, this is easy. I know what what I'd buy myself. I'd give myself a ton of cash. (laughs) Super easy. Or uh, or fun tickets, as I call them. Uh, You know, I'm I'm not emotionally attached to money, but what I am attached to is what money buys. You know, it buys freedom. It buys the ability to be honest. It buys lots of things. But failing that, a proper gift would probably be um, Monopoly, a little Monopoly board. Because uh, when we talk about money and the magic that money buys, where are you going to learn that lesson? Well, Monopoly's kind of like that. Monopoly's actually kind of like real life um, in a sad sense. Uh, so once you learn the rules, then I think you're going to be better off uh, in the world. So the earlier that I learned those rules, I think the, the the better off I would have been. And ultimately, I'd really love someone to recreate Monopoly so that it could be like a, a utopian game. So we could play it to improve society rather than understand how dodgy a late stage capitalist environment is. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben, finally, where can people find out more about you and what you do? You know what? Nice and easy. Ben Sorensen won because some other bugger took Ben Sorensen. That's it. So Ben Sorensen won on all the socials and bensorensen1.com. Because I, I, I looked you up on Twitter and I found you under Ben Sorensen1, but I also found Ben Sorensen. And that, that yeah. guy has like hardly any followers or he's following hardly yeah. anyone, but he's followed by Barack Obama. Yeah, I, look, I, that I don't understand. Uh, maybe Barack got it wrong. Maybe Barack forgot to put the one. He's trying to find you. Yeah. You know? I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, and then on on uh, Instagram, I've looked at Ben Sorensen, and there's um, a weird right wing gun toting American guy with a a wife that's like half his age, and he's got no shirt on, and I think he's wrestling a bear or something. And I'm going, okay, so. On the upside, clear difference between us. Clear difference. <laughs> uh, ben, it's been great to have you here. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, look, I am more than happy to chat with you anytime. And now I've just added to my list, I've got to go call Barack and just tell him that he's he's followed the wrong one. He's taking the calls now. <laughs> 
Thanks again for listening to this episode of You Really Shouldn't Have. Be sure to subscribe to us on your chosen podcast service to make sure you never miss another episode. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Bad Gifts Pod, as well as online at badgiftspod.com. 